Our Friday panel with us in studio this morning, I'd like to welcome Noel Kennedy, who is Secretary of the Sligo Leitrim and District Soccer League, and Seamus May of Strand Hill, Founder and Chairperson of the International Small Business Alliance. Good morning to you, gentlemen, and thanks for joining us in studio uh, this morning. Um, there's a lot to talk about, both locally and nationally, and we get around to as many topics as, as we can, but the big local story of the week, of course, has been the resignation of one of our TDs from his party, uh, i.e. Mark McSharry from Fianna Fáil. Noel, you were following that story. Yes. What, uh, what do you make uh, of it? Uh, mainly what we could just hear and read, but uh, I think it was an unfortunate uh, set of events that uh, led to where it was. And um, I would like to hear the views of Seamus as well and go into it, but uh, I would be disappointed uh, in the manner in which it was dealt with, both in, uh, locally and certainly at national level. I think it showed a huge lack of leadership uh, on behalf of Micheál Martin and uh, the Fianna Fáil party. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how yeah. this pans out in a few minutes. Right, so could 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 have been sorted out and should have been sorted out locally, you feel? Well, yesterday I was listening to Donald and he said it could be decided up over a pint or a coffee, which it should have been. Yeah. I wonder, did they make any avenues towards trying to do that or to get an intermediate to go and discuss it? But... Uh, I was surprised that the word bullying was used in something that appeared to happen over a short period of time, uh, July to October. And normally in any large organisation, company or whatever, there are uh, things in place to deal with these matters. So I'm, I would presume uh, that Donald would have taken advice, certainly from uh, the party in Dublin, and if so... I think it was very uh, poor advice and uh, the content then of the correspondence I think left enough not to be desired. Right, okay, Seamus, you've been following the story as well. Yeah. You've an interest in politics. It, it would be hard not to be following the story. I mean, yeah. uh, doesn't it say everything that a story as, as small as this dominates the front page of the national papers and, and the media all over the country over a, a, what's really a minor, minor spat and uh, to be honest about it, I, I've been, I probably have spent more time in Dáil Éireann than, than anyone that's, that hasn't been elected, and indeed more time than some people that had been elected. And I have my contacts there. And uh, it seems to me that there's a bigger picture here that um, Michael Martin uh, does not want uh, Mark McSharry back in the party. And I think he gathered up his troops as, as, as well as he could. And, and, and this was or, this is orchestrated. I feel this is orchestrated. And it's really nothing about nothing. I mean, I've, I've read in the media the, the remarks that Mark has said, or reputedly said on, on, on um, WhatsApp. Mm. I mean, I, they're not bullying. They're sure, there's worse goes on in everyone else's WhatsApp group every day of the week. So I, I can't see how it's bullying. Um, you know, Mark is out of the parliamentary party. He's he, he's now out of the Fianna Fáil party. Um, personally, for me, uh, you know, the political parties, as they have developed, they're a cancer on society. They have too much power. All, all and, of them, you, you think? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a system and there's, there's just too much power. Um, look, at we're changing the subject slightly here, but if you go back to the 1920s, well, we had Article 47 and Article 48 in the Constitution. Uh, the Free State Government uh, w- refused to implement it. And, and De Valera gave out hell about it and he said, no, the people should have a say because Article 47 and 48 gave people the say, gave them the power to call referenda 
the power to veto laws, etc., if they had enough signatures and all that. So uh, when Dev got in, and to power, he ignored 47 and 48 too. And so we laid, we, we, we laid the foundations for what we have. There is too much, there's too much power within the parties and the parties themselves, all of these big parties, are, um, are effectively corrupted. They're, pu- they're puppets of the world body politic and the world yeah. o- oligarchs. So you, you'd like to see more independent... Uh, that's what T- the point T- I'm coming to is. I've said it to Mark on different occasions. Uh, we really need a good, strong, independent. Uh, and I think there's room in this constituency, no more than several other constituencies, uh, for that. And I'm talking about an independent that calls it out as it is, not mm. ticks boxes. Or, but but, but or, if, that, if, that, if, you, if you replicate that across all constituencies, can you ever have a stable government, a government, a cohesive government that will agree on policy if they're all made up of... Well, first first and foremost, I think that we should start with the Senate. The Senate is basically a a creche for politicians. Mark himself was in the the Senate. It's a creche for uh, politicians and it's a a retirement home for failed politicians. But in my view, the Senate to be properly reformed, it it should not have political parties in it. It should have people in it uh, uh, that that are uh, tried and trusted, people with experience, people with track records, good academics, and the, the Senate should have a, a, a veto over Dáilearn. We don't need all these political parties in the two houses. It's it's completely makes the second house redundant. All right, OK. Uh, 071-911-8104 is our number to call. You can text or WhatsApp to 083-3500-530. Uh, let's turn to the licensing laws. Uh, Noel, how do you feel about... Uh, well, just before, if you don't yeah, mind, I'd just like to go back to the letter that was sent yeah, uh, which I, f- I find it was amazing. Uh, if an individual, male or female, uh, wishes to partake in following a, a claim of bullying or whatever, in 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 Donald's letter, first of all, he says, you know, can he get contact uh, other councillors? I don't know if they even responded to that. If they're clever, they won't. Uh, the second thing he goes on is, is this attack on him. Uh, I find that a uh, regrettable type of language. And he says, you know, any TD using this type of language, I think any person bullying or using the wrong language should be taken to task on it. But where I think he lost the plot is when he attacked the McSharry family. Okay, and, well, and, he, and that's not yeah, well, I, I, well we should we should clarify that he he was on our show yesterday, and it, it's not clear that he was referring to that particular family. Well, he said it could be any exact uh, words was F- one family in town. Yeah, and I mean, unless I'm haven't lived here the last seventy years, that's the only one he's talking about. Yeah, well, no, he, he says not, not yeah, he, just to, to 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 defend him. He was on our show yesterday. He says he he didn't specify which family it is, but anyway, there you go. Yeah, well, I, you know, the other side of it yeah. is that from a person that started off with a bullying case, he didn't becomes the the, the the jury and the judge, saying he should be expelled and what should be done with him. I mean, Seamus rightly said so to me to go that hammer to crack an egg. And I think the whole lot of them should just, yeah. you know, consider maybe a choice of career. 
Right, okay, let's... let's then just before, before I leave on that, yeah. Niall, like, the people of this constituency in Ireland have a lot more worries than a, yeah. an orchestrated spat uh, between two grown uh, grown men belonging to a political party. We, we, we have interest rates, we have, the cost, we have the cost of living, we have the what's happening to the banks, we have, the, we have six or seven hundred post offices about to close yet again. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more, people have interest in a lot more things than in this spat. Yeah, and that's, that's what a lot of our listeners were saying yesterday when we were in the midst of it and again, in fact, uh, this morning as well. Um, as I say, Noel, the licensing laws, wh- what do you make of them? Longer, slightly longer opening hours for pubs on a seven-day week basis. Uh, I actually had to look up uh, well, the pub yeah. closing times. Uh, it was one time I knew them off by heart, but not, <laughs> not so much in recent yeah. years. Well, I think it's half ten to half twelve they're looking at, and yeah. I think the most important thing is the people that supply the service, uh, the publicans themselves, what they want. Uh, when I listen to Leo and a few more and going on about uh, keeping up to date with Europe and European standards, I mean, if they take the other side, the people are talking about uh, mental health issues and finances and young people trying to get mortgages, I mean, it might be okay in Dublin you can step out of a place at 6 o'clock in the morning full of the joys of life get on your green bicycle cycle home probably fall off and wind up in A&E but in between that I mean to have licensing laws that would allow a place to remain open until 6 in the morning I think that that to me is a situation where it might work in Dublin or in the cities but uh, I don't think financially even who can afford that in in this day and age certainly need for some changes absolutely but I think it should be done in consultation with the vintners. I mean they're talking about the closure of businesses where are you going to get young people to to work those hours? How is the the bar owner uh, able to pay for heating and lighting and staff etc. So I'd be very surprised at that and particularly on health issues uh, that type of uh, allowing of those hours I wouldn't be uh, that fond of that. Yeah, okay. Well, we had the Minister on, actually, on Tuesday on the show, Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, I won't say defending the move, but certainly justifying it. And she was, I mean, she gave various reasons why it should happen, not least the the boost to the nighttime economy. That seems to be the buzz phrase at the moment. But you you don't see any possibility of a of a boost to the nighttime economy in this region, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, again, who's boosting it? It's the ordinary 5A punter. And, I mean, young couples now, even with more mortgages, young kids, crashes, everything else, how can they afford to boost the nighttime economy? Yeah. And since COVID, as you know, a lot of people have decided to opt out of going to public houses and they're drinking at home. But, again, it's a huge cost factor. And, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, the stress on the system from the causes of excessive drinking is also a huge factor. But again, I think these people just live in Dublin and once yeah. they get as far as Minute, they need a passport to pass the barrier, you know, because they don't live in the real world. Uh, Seamus, uh, yeah, well, I, in, in favour or not of, of I, these I would, changes? I, I would concur um, entirely uh, uh, with all of that. Um, I had a little note written down about these new laws and it's uh, probably uh, too much too late. We always hear uh, what is it? Uh, um, too little, too too little, too late. Well, this yeah. is too much, too late. I don't agree with the minister. Uh, I think that the culture has moved away uh, largely over the last twenty years, but particularly over the last maybe five, six years, uh, away from the late night drinking and and, and away from um, away from excessive mm. uh, sale of alcohol. Well, why do you think that is? Why? why uh, well, uh, well, COVID had a huge yeah. 
COVID over the last few years, that that had was a huge factor. That, that exacerbated it. It was was heading that way anyway. Do you think that it was uh, less people? Yes, I think it was. Mm. And like we talk about, say the half twelve closing, and I, I welcome half twelve closing because I think it's quite uh, quite. Uh, uh, um, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's a sensible thing to do, half yeah. twelve closing. But in, in truth, we always at half twelve closing. I mean, the clo- closing closing time in pubs in in the west of Ireland or in rural Ireland was basically whenever you wanted to go home. Let's let's face it, that's the way it was. So it doesn't really make a big difference. But I welcome the half twelve. But six o'clock in the morning, could one nightclub in Sligo? To be honest, I I doubt if even one. No, I can't see even one nightclub. And then there's. Well, well, the the other thing is, somebody was asking me, I I think there is only one nightclub in Sligo. I stand corrected, but I think there is only one. It was a time there was six or seven, but not anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, look, it's, there's going to be there's going to be no nightclub sustained until until six a.m. in the morning in Sligo or any other rural town. As far as I, I can, I cannot see it, and I don't know where they're going to get the staff. Hard enough yeah. getting staff as it stands. Right. Yeah. But the other, the other side of it is there's, there's pubs now locally, not even in opening on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and yeah. Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was reading there where um, the AGS, uh, the Gardaí, uh, the, the, that's the Association of Garda Sergeants and Inspectors, weren't even asked what their feelings were on the matter by the, the minister, according to the media. And uh, the other one there, the CEO of Alcohol Actions Ireland, said that she has serious concerns about the proposed uh, extension of licence in hours. I think the whole thing is mad. Uh, lots of questions coming in, which we hopefully we'll get to, and a number of questions, Noel, in relation to to uh, soccer-based and uh, not so much related to the Sligo and Leitrim District Soccer League, but in general, which we'll get to as well. Are the panel missing the point this morning? Do they think it's acceptable to use language in a message to someone that has been used? What a great lesson for our children. It, it, it was coming up on our show yesterday, what, what, what is bullying, what is not bullying? Anyway... We've we've yeah. we've discussed well, the definition that. Definition of, of bullying with the HSA is where uh, one person uh, would say or do or intimidate another person that's vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, if I go into play, if I go into the boxing ring, I expect to get hit. If I go into the football, I expect to get tackled. And if I go into politics, I think you're certainly going to get a few digs. But I mean, keep to the actual content of the letter. Nobody uh, likes to see or use uh, any colourful language. And we're not condoning that. It's the manner in which it was dealt with. And not alone locally, but again by the actual party leader. And I think that Mark Mashari was dealt a very poor hand there. Yes, I, I, I would agree uh, and I would pay, place all of the blame for this on the party leader. It's quite clear, let's face it, Michael Martin does not want Mark McSharry back and the party and suddenly this uh, emerges and it gets front pages in all the papers. Yeah. You know, uh, So forget about the bullying, okay, the mm. language. Might, it was on a private WhatsApp group Correct. you know, and, and that doesn't necessarily justify maybe maybe that type of harsher language but it's on, a, I tell you, I've seen an awful lot worse on WhatsApp yeah. groups. Right, okay, uh, let's get to, well, are we in the winter of discontent, uh, do you think, at the moment, or is there much worse to come? And we asked this because the, the Bank of Ireland, as you probably know, raised interest rates to 3%, the biggest single hike since 1989, and are talking about a prolonged recession in the UK. And no doubt we won't be too far behind. How are things out there, Noel, in general, do you think? Again, it's people. just more on to the general public, and uh, I think it's the fat cats getting fatter, but... Uh, 
I don't know. I just don't know how young people can even decide to stay in the country at the moment with mortgages and everything else. And the banks aren't helping it in any way, shape or form. Or a lot of the financial institutions aren't helping. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Seamus, you... you That's what I'm saying. I bet all the political parties are in cahoots. With the, with with the likes of the the World Economic Forum, with, with with the likes of Davos and Bilderberg, and this is about a massive, massive transfer of wealth from the ordinary people to the one percent. And you have to look at it anywhere. There's no reason to increase bank interest rates. If if they thought that bank interest rates needed to be increased, well, why did they leave them so low for so long to encourage all the speculation? So, like, if you if you analyse what's going on uh, between government and and the vested interest, the corporate vested interest, that's what's going on in this country. And we and that's why I I complain about the the parties so much. And I would like mm. to see it probably won't happen, maybe, but I would like to see Mark McSharry as an independent calling all this stuff out because that's what he's there for. And I think he's the type of guy that would call it out. Okay, but we're coming into, re- or if we're not in recessionary times al- already, how how bad is it out there? You, 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 I say, are the founder of the International Small Business Alliance. How difficult is it for small business at the moment, Seamus, do you yeah, think? Well, generally speaking, we, we, we're working all, all over the world. And um, we, small business in this country, we find, uh, has much more obstacles than in any other country. Uh, I mean, one of our big things is access to justice, which there's there's virtually no access to justice for small and medium uh, businesses in this country. Um, the the rates we have to pay, the bank rates, the interest rates, way higher than other countries, maybe three, four times. In some cases, uh, five times higher. Um, than in this country. So it is very, very difficult. And then, of course, you have the insurance industry. Mm. And, and and they're saying, oh, well, it's the, it's the claimants. Or it's, uh, and some people say, well, it's the insurance companies. Others say it's the solicitors. Well, I'll tell you one thing. That's, again, why I have so much to say about political parties, because they have talked about insurance. They've talked about it for decades, but done just about nothing about it. So uh, it's very difficult, but but individuals. We mustn't forget individuals because small businesses are basically run by individuals and trying mm. to keep families going. And it's just, I mean, yesterday we 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 paid um, two hundred and ten euros for seven bags of coal. And they won't last yeah. a long time. Okay. Well, well, speaking on that, uh, just on that, uh, in favour of allowing people to burn turf or not, despite what the government and, in particular, our energy minister Raymond Ryan is telling us. Well, look at the problem in Ireland again is no plan. Eamon Ryan is sitting up there in Dublin and he's got no less than eight advisors at a minimum of 80,000 each and they can't do any forward planning. Germany has reopened five coal-fired power stations. It has extended the life of three nuclear-powered power stations. Uh, France, the Netherlands, they're they're all extending the life of of these coal-fired power stations because they have to. But what does Mr Ryan do? He closes Lanesborough and he closes Shannon Bridge Mm. and he stops manufacturing briquettes. That is madness. What, what about the data centres? We're opening up data centre after data centre. Six years ago, data centres used 4% of the electricity in Ireland. They now use 14% and they're, they, they're expected to go to 30% by 2030. And what about the incinerators? It looks like they, our corporate friends can open incinerators anywhere they want, but Granny has to go to jail for burning turf. Listen, it's mad. It's absolutely crazy. 
Noel? Uh, well, again, I think, so far as I, what I've read on it, uh, the ordinary 5.8 that is burning turf uh, in an area that's not designated as a smoke-free zone can still do it. And I think any person that wants to burn turf in the areas that they're doing it are quite entitled to do it. Uh, Again, going back to um, what they said there, I wanted to know how the air quality was in Sligo yesterday, knowing it was coming on today. So I went on to the EPA there, Station 77 in Sligo Town, to discover that it hasn't been working for the last 11 months. And there's no readings in Sligo Town, so breathe away, we're all safe. I mean, the, the bottom attitude is that any person in, in rural Ireland, in my opinion, that it has, I mean, it's not commercially sold anymore, but they're quite entitled to burn it and enjoy it. Uh, if you were talking about air pollution, what about uh, the diesel and the petrol? If you're driving up and down to Dublin at the moment, the amount of the really big trucks, unbelievable. I'm up and down there twice a week. And it's the, the, the road, the traffic is massive. And what are the government doing about addressing young people and the elderly or whatever wanting to change their car to go electric or hybrid? Uh, they're not giving them anything. And, you know, as Seamus rightly said, they talk and they talk and they talk. And you know something, I think they love these little things here because it deflects from what they don't do. Right, OK. Uh, so, sorry, Shims. Yeah. I'll make one, one more point. Yeah. I, I've harped about this for many years. But before COVID and before all these massive price increases, uh, I, I have uh, one of my, my, my pet projects is competition. Yeah. And competition in this country, competition abu- law abuses have been costing up to 8 billion euros per year, five to 6,000 being stole, stolen out of every household in the country. And not one political party wants to do anything about it because their corporate friends would be upset. And that we're the worst record in the Western world in, comp- in, in, in competition law enforcement. So before we ever started at these mad price increases, we were already being robbed of 5,000 per household per year. Uh, I, I want to get to some of the questions that our listeners are, are phoning in about. And this listener wants to know what does Noel think about the abuse that underage players in particular are getting from the sidelines Surely sports should be fun for children instead of fear. And there's been a number of, I think, of well-publicised incidents uh, nationally. Well, well, there again, there should be no abuse at any level from the sideline. And if there is abuse, who is it coming from? You'll probably find half the time, if not more, it's from the people running the team or the, the managers. So abuse is not acceptable at any level. And yeah. we don't tolerate it. And if it's, if it's reported by the match official, we deal with it. So an the most important thing about youth football and for boys and girls is their development and to ensure yeah. that they're in a safe environment that they can enjoy and um, play their game and in a safe environment. So, uh, again, anything like that that is, is done is, is totally incorrect and the first thing you need to do is you know, put the house in order. Okay. And is there enough being done, do you think, to encourage people to get involved in sport and to develop sport and sporting facilities well, in this country. Flavor, uh, I mean, our underage system has uh, 200 teams. 
yeah. they have about and at least there'll be a hundred of those each week playing we have uh, at, from 17 up we have um, 1600 registered players uh, what's really lacking is a proper facilities to play in I mean we play football in the winter grass at the moment is impossible to play on and again there's very very little done to provide what we need if you go into Holland or any of those places and little areas are smaller than some of our villages all have all weather facilities to play on and develop and you know with good coaching and quality coaching but what people don't realise is they all a lot of them would have the idea that they're going to go to Man United or Liverpool the stats show that 1% of the cream actually make it to the highest level i.e. the Premier League in our case 1% you know, so the important thing is to develop the, the, the young children that they feel quite comfortable in each other's company and they're able to play in a safe environment. People using foul, abusive language and is un- intolerable and it's not accepted. And that's yeah. written into the constitution and the rules of the Football Association. Yeah, and abuse, apart from the abuse of, of the young and underage players, abuse of referees and officials, is that a problem or a growing problem or not? Thankfully, we've had very little of, of uh, that. Uh, it has happened quite an a lot in Dublin and in Mullingar. Uh, yeah. We have a very, very strong branch here. It's smaller numbers. We're looking for more uh, boys and girls to join. It's a great career. And that um, I have uh, my chairman of this Sligo branch is Paul Kilcoyne and Owen McLaughlin's secretary. Uh, we wouldn't even accept anything like that. You know, if anything happens, referee is fully supported and there is no, we've had nothing major in my 40 years uh, there okay I, I, I would agree with the, with all of that sentiment there's a there's a culture there's a culture in youth football whether it be Gaelic or soccer or whatever and I, I've seen it over the years and the abuse coming from parents it, it, it's it's so, it's really bad for the children and and, yeah. and you know some kids uh, lose their confidence uh, uh, you know it, it, it's it, it's it's very it goes very deep the damage that this does and we, people should realize that this is a sport this is about the betterment of our children and bringing them up to be right people so it's not and shouldn't be about abuse from the sidelines and it, it should not be tolerated at all Right, okay. This person rang in to say, Seamus May is a, is a waste of talent. He could do much more than the clowns we have representing us. So there's an invitation or a suggestion for you, Seamus, if, if ever there were was one. Uh, somebody else wants to know, what did the panel think of Christmas ads on television this early? What is it, the 4th of November? I don't know if you've noticed that, Noel. Have you Christmas ads? I haven't ad- even noticed it yeah. myself, no. Um, now, I wouldn't be a, an avid television watcher either, but uh, you'll always find it's getting you to spend more money anyhow. <laughs> there won't be any freebies handed out. Uh, have you noticed that, Seamus? Christmas ads well, television? Well, again, I'm not it? a good television person. Are you not? So That's interesting. I, I haven't. Well, just to uh, follow up on that, uh, when you say, do you, do you not wa- do you watch Netflix or YouTube or you just not watch well, that? Well, when I was on dialysis, I, yeah. I would have uh, always wa- watched uh, in the morning at uh, 8 o'clock or something, I'd probably watch on Netflix if it was a good movie. Yeah. But I mean, you know, a lot of the stuff there, I find it's just doom and gloom and yeah. I wouldn't be that... So not, not much television anymore, not no? Not particularly, no. Okay. And you're the same, Seamus, which yeah, is interesting. Yeah, look at very little, very little TV. And is there any reason for that at all? In... Not really. It's, it's, it's uh, just me. Um, yeah. I find that I can educate myself in the modern era much better than what what the, the mainstream television throws out so I, I I have because of my circumstances with work and everything I've dedicated many years to research 
and I, I, I do my own research. But on the going back to what the point you raised was, or the listener raised, uh, you know, this consumerism is bad. So in general, I, 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 I hate to see the ads, especially in the end of October, the beginning of November for, for Christmas. Uh, it's, it's bad. We need to change a lot of our culture. It, that culture is all to make people spend, 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 and spend what they haven't, what they don't have in many cases. All right, okay. Well, let's get to the World Cup then, which is, uh, what is it, two and a half weeks away, for uh, those who don't know. 20th of, uh, 20th of November. To the 18th of December. I don't know how you're going to watch the games, Noel, if you don't watch television. Um, there you go. Even, to be quite honest, uh, even with the World Cup, I would pr- certainly pick uh, the teams like Brazil, Argentina, Germany and Spain maybe to watch. But some of the games, yeah. th- they'd be extremely boring. And I, I wouldn't, again, I pr- I'd probably tune in around the quarterfinal or semi-final and watch the cream playing. Yeah. You know, you've got 32 uh, countries involved there. Two will, there's eight, eight, you have eight sections and two will come out of that and that's down to the last 16 and then it goes there so around that time but semi-finals and finals you know unfortunately um, when when you're discussing football a lot of the uh, or some of the managers think that you know they'll be telling Jorgen Klopp and that how to play the game. These guys are on ten million a year on bonuses, so I do. I enjoy that, that that banter. But the World Cup, I mean, we have England and we have Wales probably as our nearest yeah. counterparts to enjoy. I think both of them will qualify for the last sixteen. Yeah. And you'd be shouting for England, would you? Uh, I, well, I would be shouting for Wales. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we have Noel Mooney, uh, who I think is an, uh, an unbelievable CEO. I yeah. would have loved to see him come back from uh, UEFA uh, into the job in Dublin. And what he's done for Wales since he arrived is fantastic. So and we'll I, probably be changing our name now to ERA. Yeah, I see that actually, yeah. Um, that's that's what the Welsh are doing or considering yes. doing. Oh isn't no, they it? are doing it. Yeah. And, um, would, you, would you be in favour of changing the name Republic of Ireland to ERA or not? I'd have no problem with that. Yeah, um, and and the concept of, of identity, you know, the World Cup in Qatar, the controversy over that, and the massive, World Cup in the winter, massive, yeah. And this is this I think is going to be uh, UEFA have issued a, a request yesterday to all the competing countries uh, not to make comment on that. But I mean, well, a lot, a shame, lot of them have, a lot of them have already. It's yeah. the rich getting richer. Uh, that was bought, and you you know that how many people were allegedly bribed to put it out there. I think it's absolutely crazy to have it there, and again, it's going to favour the countries that are in that type of climate. Okay. Seamus, any interest in the World Cup at all? I have huge interest in football. I'm a big, big fan, always have been, but I have a big problem with this whole guitar situation. I mean, it's rife with bribery, corruption, human rights violations and thousands of deaths. The Guardian newspaper in the UK um, uh, estimated that six and a half thousand uh, migrants died in the constructing of the stadiums and the hotels and, and the metro etc. They were on savage conditions, uh, some of them not, not even getting pay or, or minimum pay. I am personally glad that Ireland is not uh, going to guitar. Uh, I have a huge problem with it and if I was a player I'd have a huge problem because I would feel I was running over the dead bodies. Well, of... do, so do you think uh, I know some associations have made token gestures as a as a, a means of, of protesting in some shape or form. So do you think the players themselves in some case should should step up and make their views known? Well, 
that, that's up to the individual involved and mm. uh, there's a lot of politics as we know in, in football and in, in everything it's going to be hard for players and if, if I was probably a, a part of a team that was going there I'd be looking forward to playing in the World Cup but for my, I'm only speaking personally I, I feel that th- those people running over all these pitches in guitar are running over the bodies of, of people that were killed in, in the construction by these uh, I think they call it sports washing uh, guitar yeah. in these countries are trying to buy their way into acceptance by the rest of the world for their human rights abuses through this sports washing. We've seen it in the in the golf, and we've seen it now. Newcastle United is, is owned by these people, and it just goes on and goes Man on City. and goes on. Yeah. And Man, 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 Man City the same. So I mean, you know, it, it depends on people's own morals, but certainly mine would not be in agreement with that aspect of it. Yeah. But a World Cup per se, yeah, roll it on. I always love it. But I agree. I agree with no. There's a lot of bad football, and people tend to pick the the latter games in the competition and the, and the, yeah, the more exciting oh, teams. Yeah, I was I was looking at some of the uh, the earlier round games, and you're right, there are very very few attractive games. I think Spain are playing Germany. I think it is in one of the first round. Yeah, well, that's, that's about well, it. I, I had the pleasure of going to three World Cups on my own, bat with a few with a friend with friends, yeah. and a European Cup, and uh, you know and. You'd enjoy them, but as Seamus said, all the various governments are ducking and diving the issue of where they're playing and what has happened. I mean, there during the week, a lot of the labourers were removed forcefully from their accommodation, thrown out, not paid and that, and uh, even famous stars like Beckham, they're all just getting in there, but it's, it's, it's just, you know, money talks. And yeah. it's an unfortunate situation. I think in regards to the player, any player of Artie Salt, and representing his country wants to play at the highest level and it only comes around but I think it's the governing bodies that should be making the statements here of what's wrong and I personally would not be in favour of going there to watch it because I think it's disgraceful what they did out there it should never, it should never be held out in no. guitar it should not have been held there yeah alright ok if you are going to watch it Seamus who, who do you have any who would you be shouting for or do you have any particular favourite well, when Ireland team. isn't there, like, like I'm not one of these uh, England bashers. I always look at because these are the people I'm looking at in the Premiership, uh, you know, every week. So I'd always like, but I, but what I do hate is 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 the the Red Top Brigade in, in in the UK and the way to go on and go on. It's really annoying to have to listen to it. But yeah. the English team, yeah, of course, I'd like to see them uh, see them win. After that, the most exciting footballers. Uh, it's nice to see them win. Spain have been great. France have been great. Portugal have been great in recent years. And of course, we have Brazil and Argentina. So hopefully we will see some very exciting football we shall see okay a couple of minutes left um, what about this one what are the panel's views on the rotating Taoiseach in the next couple of weeks I don't think the date has still been I think it's mid-December uh, is there an exit door on that rotation <laughs> I don't know well Michal Martin is out and Leo Varadkar is in yeah, no, could you care less about that or what are your thoughts I think both of them should be out do you Personally, well, absolutely. I I, I, and replaced by, by, by whom then, you think? Hmm? Who replaced by whom? Who should? Someone with ability and leadership qualities. And, you know, I mean, if you're going on popularity, they're, they're as popular as a chocolate kettle. I agree. Uh, neither of these two uh, gentlemen are fit 
to be ministers, let alone leaders of our country. Not, not even as ministers, you think, Shane? No, I, I, and, and a lot more besides. The, the system is breeding this incompetence. And the, 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 the worst people to get from around the country and get them in, get them elected, grab the famous seat, and the more obedient they are uh, uh, to, their, to their leaders, the better they get on. It's, it's just completely wrong. It's from the top down, and we need to start building from the bottom up. So I have no time for those two, and I'll throw Eamon Ryan, because I have a lot of correspondence with the same Eamon Ryan so I've no time for any of them Okay. And so, so just to, in the interest of fairness um, I have noticed and a lot of people that I w- work with around the country have noticed that Sinn Féin since the last election are not don't want to really uh, engage uh, with the people on the street it's, it's all about it's all about getting elected and playing this game and I, I see uh, what I see out there is uh, the opposition which is mainly Sinn Féin and you have the government and it's all about political point scoring there's nothing mm. about the public interest it's all political point scoring and when you're when you're when you're uh, in opposition, of course you're going to win the arguments because it's much easier. So Sinn Féin only want to win the arguments on points. They don't want to knock out. They don't want to upset the apple cart while everything is going in their favour. So no, I I I I think that the whole political system needs a lot more debate, and I'm happy to take part in that. In, on any platform. you want, yes. All right, okay. Um, we're we're almost out of time. I have to tell you, Noel, there's lots of questions coming in in relation to. Uh, the operation of the Sligo Leitrim and District Soccer League. That's not why you're here this morning. But look, maybe you might be able to address this one. Someone is talking about the the that there should be. Oh, if I can find it here now, there should be there should be money. I think they're saying for if I, I can't find the actual text now, but they're, they're saying there should be money for those who win or come second in the leagues, which should be reinvested in the clubs instead of presenting trophies and medals. And do you have any views on that at all? What? Well, first of all, you have to look at what... Uh, yeah, is, and Noel, why can't there be money involved uh, for those who win the league or come second or a reduction in fees? Uh, for domestic clubs because the clubs struggle with running costs every season. I'm sure you get this on a regular... Yeah, I regular get that rest. all the time. But basically, for uh, for a player to play, and this is the important thing, for a player to play in the Sligo Leitrim, uh, to play in it, it costs €20. Euros. Yeah, right? And uh, the fees will be addressed uh, very stringently this year because uh, the rest of that money is through the club and their charges. So the reality of it is, if, you know, first of all, where does one get the money? We've invested four of us over uh, 400,000 in building an all-weather facility at McSharry Park. Had not one penny from the council, from Leader or anybody else to help us, or the clubs. We personally borrowed 150,000 from Clan Credo. Monday to Saturday is all underage and youth football designated there and Sunday the, the juniors play there and maybe on Saturday night. We're providing the facilities, which is not our brief as administrators, and yet you have people here talking about money. Uh, you know, where does it come from? We don't get, you know, it's, it's a very simple question, but that's another day's debate and I'd love to talk about it. I have only one uh, rule on that you can ask me anything you want provided I can ask you <laughs> and a final question for you Seamus uh, someone says Seamus is very critical of political parties and politicians is there any current TD that he would like to see or would admire in the position of Taoiseach or not Seamus can you tell us Nobody springs to mind, do they? Uh, it's a difficult question because within the political parties themselves, everybody is suppressed. They shouldn't allow themselves to be suppressed, so they're not mm. there for leadership material. Um, you know, I, 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 there are a number uh, of, t- of um, TDs in the Dáil that I admire. Um, 
Catherine Connolly, uh, Michael Fitzmaurice, uh, what uh, um, the chap from Tipperary, uh, Matthew McGrath. There's the, the, these people. They might be the greatest leadership material. Maybe they are, but at least they speak their minds and they, and they speak in the interests of the people of the of the electorate. Whereas these parties are always, and I repeat, always uh, acting in the corporate interest and the one percent. And that's why all of this wealth transfer is taking place. I think we need to we need to radically reform the system.